Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome again to Viewpoints, the Viewpoints podcast, Deborah Patterson. Deborah had uh, 46 great years in the Victorian Education Department in eight different schools. She was a principal for 22 years, is now a mentor, coach, educational, motivational speaker, and is the author of Passion, Guts and Leadership, the A to Z for Unconventional Educational leaders. Welcome again to Viewpoints, Deborah Patterson. Ooh, always a pleasure, Henry. Yep, looking forward to it. Now, your book has been, uh, and it's no surprise, a resounding success. Um, I know a lot of people um, are, are using it almost as their Bible, uh, educational <laughs> Bible. Um, just for those who are not familiar with it, um, the A to Z for unconventional educational leaders. That's the part that I think intrigues people as much as the rest. Uh, why unconventional leaders? Well, Henry, as you know, um, we talk about leaders and educators. We, we aspire to be um, look up to our role models and everything like that. And in, as you say, in education, I've listened to many, many speakers but really, it all comes down to, and that was something that I had to grapple with as I went up the ladder of leadership was, well, I'm not the norm. I'm different. I'm out there, extrovert. Uh, I, I do things differently. And I suppose as you realise that, you actually question your ability. Well, am I the norm? Um, what is the conventional type leader? But... It became very, very obvious, and as long as you grapple with that and come to a, a situation where you are happy with your strengths, you, you, yes, you are different. You may be different. You may talk differently. And really, it made me question, well, what is really a conventional leader? Mm. And I was quite happy and proud to say that I was the uh, an unconventional leader, as are a lot of other of my peers and colleagues in education. Mm. How are you finding it now going out there? Because there's um, there's a lot of pressure and, and we can understand it in a system, a state system of education. There's a lot of pressure to be probably uh, a more conventional in the sense of uh, following the guidelines. What are you finding when you're talking to people and saying, look, obviously we have guidelines, but um, be yourself to some extent. Uh, and, and, and what are you finding people saying to that message? Well, the message I give to all of my new uh, principals, the ones that I mentor and coach and leadership teams, yes, you're in a system, you've been appointed as a leader, an educator, and sometimes it's what you don't know. I always say follow the book, follow the regulations. There are fiscal requirements, acquittals, framework structures that you we have to be compliant with as an educator and you have to you know what is the strategic planning at your school what are the technical systems that you have and yes follow the book learn um audit current practice learn the ropes um understand how things operate but then you become a little bit um you, you know what you, you've worked on your strengths, you've identified what you can, what you can't do. Unfortunately, you, you, sometimes you can learn, um, a diffi- you, you get wrapped over the knuckles or you might be told <laughs> uh, All right, there was many a time I was told, 
Deborah, um, stay on the same page, uh, do as you're told, don't go out of uh, bounds, and here are the, the guidelines. I, I, I got wrapped over the knuckles many a time, but the, the, the better you get at your job, the more proficient, the better you understand the system, there are times where you do, you can go laterally, you can trial something different. But you always must have a plan A, B, and C because there was always that 95% of the time I knew what I was doing. I was spot on. Mm. I had the mental models. I knew what I was doing. I did my due diligence. But there was a 5% buffer that you have to sort of, well, mm, things may not go this way. So have a plan B, C, and D. It's a good it's a good philosophy. Now, Deborah, you're working now as a mentor, coach, educational and motivational speaker, among many other things. Um, looking back on your recent past, I mean, it's not uh, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But what are you seeing in the rear vision now, from the perspective of working with people uh, in in this uh, new phase of your career? You, and that that's a great question, Henry, and that's something that I've realised because, as you said in the intro, I, I, I've been a principal uh, of three schools for 22 years and I was a good operator. I, I ran successful schools and I, I transformed un, an underperforming school to be one of the top 10 um, schools in, the, in our system and I maintained a school with um, over 1,100 enrolments for nearly 14 years. Mm in, in um, an area that was growing. Um, but you know what? Being a mentor, you've got a different set of shoes on and you look through a different lens and working as a coach with leadership teams, uh, I can see I did a, a, a good job, but as that saying says, good, better, best, could I have done things differently? And had I had a mentor, critical friend or coach, maybe they could have... Um, Ask the questions, or maybe alerted me to maybe some foreseeable issues that that did impact on me in the past. And as you know, I, I I've had breast cancer, mm. I've had a stroke, my headspace was with the department from 6 a.m. till 10 at night, only eight hours to reset. My body was telling me something, but I was not adhering to that. And so being a mentor, I looking back, yeah, could have done a few things differently. And that's what I'm imparting as a mentor and coach to um, educators nowadays. Mm. Now there's being, uh, I, I guess we're in the middle of, well, really a very interesting and challenging times in school leadership, schools per se. Um, in your mentoring role, what are you finding in the people you're mentoring as their greatest needs? You know, um, I've I've just I finished with I had six mentees um, mm -hmm. up until last term, and I finished with two. I've picked up um, four new mentees, and you know what? There's a lot said about uh, the the culture, the stress, the workload, the, um, lots of issues, but I'm seeing as a mentor and, as you know, a VAPA assessor, mm -hmm. real guns coming through our system, young, um, innovative, keen. They've got the runs on the board. They're 
their understanding of maybe the system is not as well developed as we would like. But you know what? They're, I'm seeing some really good motivators, movers, shakers, mm. and they will make a difference on our system. The big thing is how do we sustain them in a changing educational climate? That is the big question, and um, and I guess it relates to something that I've been working with um, with Professor Pazi Salberg, and that is the issue of hope. And from what you're telling me, clearly in the enthusiasm and the, the, the raw talent of our new leaders, there's much cause for hope. True? True definitely, Henry. You know, I'm the eternal optimist. I've always been a half glass full Mm -hmm. and um, I don't focus on the deficits, the negatives. It's, all right, well, what what do we have as the issue? Um, Let's understand how we got here, but we're here. Now, how do we move forward? How do we best um, collectively as a school community, teachers, students, parents, educated principals and classroom teachers working together to move forward and make this school the best school that we could possibly um that you know the culture that that whole whole thing about a, a family looking after each other and getting the outcomes and addressing the needs of our students at, at this particular moment so it's those reframing the language looking forward um tact- you know, constructive looking at our teams, how we plan, how we assess, how we work together, co-designing issues with our students and really working in harmony with our our community. It's a good point you make. We need to take a short break there, Deborah. Can you hold the line? Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. I've got a bit of a discussion with Deborah Patterson, uh, mentor, coach, uh, educational and motivational speaker. Deborah spent 46 years in uh, the Victorian Education Department, taught in eight schools across uh, the uh, places, principal, and had 22 years of principalship, one of our very eminent educators in Victoria. Welcome back, Deborah. Thank you, Henry. Always a pleasure. Absolutely, and it's always also. Uh, not only am I enjoying an interview with you, I'm I'm learning. I'm learning while I'm doing it, and that feeds into a thing called synergy, something that I think is uh, of importance in our work. Talking about synergy, I um, mean, you're mentoring tips, tools, and strategies. They're the, they're part of your toolkit. Tell us what what what's in there for for you with your mentees. Well, that's what I write about in my book because, as you know, over my long career in education, uh, it's it's the little tool tips and strategies. And so when I work with a a mentee and that's a unique relationship, the idea is not to be too directive but to facilitate a conversation where the mentees actually work out, well, what do I have to do? But sometimes, Henry, they just want, Deborah, just give me a quick tip. And so I always say your mental models are the best tools that you can use. You can use the growth model. You can use first or second order change. That's tweaking or a major change. Use the Bono's uh, six thinking hats. 
Stephen Covey's win-win situation. Uh, a very a good one is well, how to make a how to make a difficult decision. And I always believe that you like a good recipe. You only want three or four key um, ingredients or points. And they make the best recipes, and sometimes make the best um, tips. For example, if you if you get uh, a something comes up and you have to make a decision, remember the four Ds. You either do it because it's urgent and important. You delegate and then someone else can take care of it. You diarise it into your diary or Google Calendar or you simply dump it. Mm -hmm. uh, so the four Ds. What about um, if I'm working with someone, I want to tell them to get over it. Well, there's GOMO, GOPO and GOPO get over it and move on. As my mother used to say, get over it and P-I-double-S off. <laughs> not, a very nice, yes. not a very nice thing to say, Mum. Uh, but now that I'm semi-retired, I wish I had a said go for Get over it and um, uh, move on. But And, of course, I meant the F meant fly off. Fly not off, what, absolutely. Not, not, what you, what, not what you might be thinking. No. But I I also use the ladder of accountability and you can work out when someone's um, trying to pull the wool over your eye, they'll give you an explanation and either an E, an explanation or, or an excuse. And being solution-based uh, leaders that we want, we always want someone to come to us and with the solution. So I could very quickly identify, all right, what's an excuse and what's an explanation. And if they're giving me a, a reasonable explanation, well, then it's understandable. But too often we sometimes can gravitate to giving excuses. No, not on. So having some of the not negotiables that you will work with and the negotiables that you won't work with um, are very important. Mm. Now, in your mentoring, and uh, I did some coaching, I, I, I've done some of that over time. You meet people... Uh, coming with very different circumstances and at different points in time at their career. Now, you mentioned earlier you've got a lot of bright uh, and young and enthusiastic uh, people with a lot of awful lot of potential to be great leaders. There's also the leaders who have been there a while and um, and can perhaps uh, have lost some of that that optimism. How do you go about uh, working with those because they're still in the system and uh, you know. 20 years in leadership, uh, there's a lot of rough points in that. What's your approach mm. to people who, who you know, might be wilting a little bit? Well, I'm lucky, um, Henry, uh, as with you, you've got a good reputation in education. Uh, I'd like to think that my, my uh, career and service to education speaks for itself and within my community. Mm. So I, I don't, I have a no nonsense approach to mentoring and coaching and with people, I don't fluff around. I don't, there's no BS. I tell it like it is. And I'm very, very direct, but in my delivery, it's how I, I, I would speak to someone. And sometimes as we've been in the system, we do lose our spark. Um, mm. We do, where you know there's only so much that some principals can take and the system is constantly putting um, expectations and workload and it's how you actually work with it 
I wish I had had a mentor or a coach uh, during my late, later years as a principal because maybe they would have noticed something that I was working too hard, that I'd, um, I was overdoing it. And so sometimes having that real hard, honest conversation with um, some of my peers and colleagues, they listen. But you've got to be able to also ask the right questions so that they come to the realization that they've either got to, they've got to pivot, they can pivot or turn. They'll pivot and turn and change their ways, or they can block block me and protect their egos or whatever. But it is important having the conversations, but also the strategies of well, what can I do? How can I change? And sometimes the more mature principles. It's keeping up to date with research, with speakers, with what's the what's the changing landscape of our educational system and how it impacts on us as leaders and our school communities. And I'd like to think that I could bring that to their attention. Mm, absolutely. Time's on the wing, but one that I do ask, and you are an inspirational person. You've been in the system a long time, and from the, the, the way you speak and the knowledge you impart, you could have just been in it 10 years, not, uh, you know, well over, well over 46 uh, now, or over 46. What's the key advice you take to keep yourself where you are, which is at a very high functioning level, Deborah? You know, I, I, I'm always, I've, I've been very lucky. I've I got my own personal life into gear. Um, we find meaning and purpose in our professional life and we get the love and support from our uh, our personal life. So you've got to have the, the ability to go left or right. I, I just love what I, what I do. Um, I loved being a principal, making a difference. I loved being around children. So for me, it was never a chore. It was uh, the love of something. But I've, I've, I've had the, 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 the support of my family, my friends. So uh, I always feel um, quite comfortable in both my spheres. And it's important to be, to be um, happy with yourself, to know your strength, because to, if you can't, you need to be able to lead, um, to be well yourself, to be able to teach and lead others. And if you're not, well, you know, it's, it, people can tell. You can tell when you're not happy. So it's, it's being able to identify when you need to be a good principal. Then when to be a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend. Uh, I'd probably let the um, leave the husband out a little bit and could, <laughs> make, could maybe work a little bit more. But I figure he has his birthday and anniversary, so that's twice a year I can be a, I can be a good wife. But I just love what I do. I love being around people, and it's the the enjoyment that I get I get out of doing what I do, Henry. Absolutely, and uh, and and you're an iconic person in public uh, education in Victoria. And uh, uh, Deborah, you've been with us 46 years in Victorian education, and now this—I hope there's another uh, 46. <laughs> yeah. 
ahead of you because uh, it's changing times in, in the landscape and there are so many people, which is exciting coming into the profession or considering it or considering leaving, which has been the way of the recent past. People such as yourself, including yourself, are so important uh, for the future of our, our education system, which really is all about the, the, the teaching and learning of our kids. Can I thank you so much for your time and, uh, as always, an inspiring conversation. And thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. And I look forward to our next interview. Absolutely. That was Deborah Patterson, uh, leaders, an educational leader here in Victorian education and, dare I say it, uh, Australia. Uh, Passion, Guts and Leadership, A to Z for Unconventional Leaders. That's uh, a book uh, that has been authored by Deborah and well worth getting. <laughs>